Today on this episode of Going Deeper, what is it? We've made it. We've made it to the end of the book, the book of Revelation. Not the book of Revelations. Right. right? Just one. Just one. The book of Revelation. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Doug DeGraffenreid. I'm Marie Burns. So join us as we go deeper. We've made it. The we last have. the last episode we of this season. We should. <laughs> so we can end it like we began it. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> For those of y'all listening, Doug and Marie were in the very first episode. We were. And they're in the opposite seats that they were on the very first episode of this season. But we've made it to the very end of our E100 episode 20. Wow. Thank y'all. Can y'all believe that you've made it all the way through and you've been faithful listeners and watchers all this time? And what hey. do you get out of it? Us. You get us <laughs> now talking about Revelation. Sorry. And probably having more questions than answers. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. Because sometimes it's okay to not have all the answers. Revelation is definitely one of those books that it's kind of hard to digest. Well, and I think it's a book that nobody has all the answers and where you get into trouble is those who think they do. Uh, that would be my assessment. But since we're since we're ending like we began, shall we end as we began, Doug? How did we begin? Genesis, is it literal? Genesis, is it literal? Oh. <laughs> revelation, is it literal? Oh, Revelation, is it literal? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. <laughs> revelation is apocalyptic literature. Apocalyptic literature, briefly, is pessimistic, uses symbols, is told in narrative form, and also uh, makes great use of numbers. So mm -hmm. it's not literal. Right. So, so kind of like what happened with some of the denominations out there when they got to 144,000 members in their church, <laughs> they maybe had to tweak their view on this, or they just kept adding. Um, <laughs> you know. So well, somebody's got to go because we're at capacity here. <laughs> yeah, bummer. <laughs> there are places that if you read it literally, um, or if you read it like that, it becomes very uncomfortable. Uh, becomes exclusive. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost anti-Jesus. Yeah. Let everyone come to me, except if you're over the 144,000. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But um, there's a neat thing hidden in the book of the Revelation way over on the 22nd chapter. And oh, it says, and he said here. to me, do not seal up the words of this prophecy. Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book. Um, one of the things we don't do that I want to try is that Revelation ought to be read out loud in its entirety, Oof. and it ought to be heard like that. Hmm. Um, we do it the North American way. We take, um, we take the trumpets and the bowls and the plagues and mm -hmm. all this other stuff, and we dissect each one individually, and perhaps that's not the way the revelation was intended to be interpreted. Well, I go ahead. I, I will say that uh, I actually sat and read 
it all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. This entire week's reading mm-hmm. last night, preparing just to have this discussion. And the times previous that I had sat and tried to go through Revelation bit by bit and study and look and dissect and everything. And it was just so difficult. But I found that last night, as I was reading through this, as one chunk and ignoring the almost half page of notes, Mm -hmm. study notes in my study Bible that I I began to to honestly see the themes that were coming out of this Mm -hmm. and to kind of see the heart of what Jesus is relaying to John here in this book. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. It just, it's like I had a revelation. <laughs> Certainly, if you read this book in its entirety, which I, I did one night, out of I don't know why, I was in high school and couldn't sleep one night, and just I sat up and read the entire book of the Revelation all in one sitting, chapter one to chapter twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And when you take it like that, you don't allow yourself the opportunity to get hung up on all the little bitty things, and mm-hmm. you can just see it as its overarching picture. And it was powerful yeah. mm-hmm. for me. What's a lampstand? And what's an angel? And what's <laughs> right. A, Which, I mean... Just read it. <laughs> granted, I have some of those questions in here, but I think I would rather go the direction of, what do you do with this book? I mean, I definitely saw some of... I've studied Daniel before, and I know the second half of it is the same, and I see some of it showing up in here, and there's some Ezekiel in here looking stuff... You take a book like this at the very end that is just, I hope, nothing but symbolism, because there seems to be a point at which people are being crushed in a wine press, and it gets rather gruesome. So, I'm hoping it's not literal, but <laughs> what do you do with this? I don't want to go this? with the wine press. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is some, um, there's some beauty in the symbols. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revelation is connected to Genesis because Revelation ends with the tree of life. Back. I saw trees and rivers down there. That's mm-hmm. cool. And, um, when, when you think about the first exclusion in Genesis was to keep um, Adam and Eve away from the tree of life now that they have the knowledge of good and evil. Um tree of life's back uh, waters of life everything in the book of the revelation is life and love and when I think about it uh, particularly the end of it um, what's heaven like what what would we be like if you took human sinfulness out of our equations if we weren't afraid anymore if we didn't have to prove ourselves to anyone anymore, if we loved others unconditionally, mm-hmm. what would those relationships be like? What would it be like being around a community of people who had a common story? And the story is Jesus Christ. Um, so I, I see if you can make if you can make it to the end without putting the book down. Or, or putting it away and just running off screaming into the night. If you make it into <laughs> to 21 and 22, um, and you see these beautiful images of all that is evil has been defeated and, and blown away and mm-hmm. gotten rid of. Even the 22nd chapter actually refers back to Genesis 1. 
that John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. The tehom, the, that which represents chaos, mm-hmm. that which uh, frightens us and scares us and ruins our calendar, that stuff isn't around anymore. And um, I like the promise from the throne, see, I'm making all things new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there's some curiosity about some of these other symbols and what they represent and um, what they mean. Um, well, and some of those... Uh I don't. I I didn't get real bogged down into them because, like I said, I was just reading it. If you keep moving, it, yeah. it's a good uh, word that it keeps you from getting bogged down mm-hmm. and trying to figure out. And I think you actually hear God. Yeah. Well, and and I I did glimpse uh, glimpse <laughs> glimpse glimpse. Yes. I did glimpse a couple of times for things like it, the lampstands and and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And then after I read it all, I went back and. And was looking for some of these things, and uh, what I saw was that there's some tie-in to other things, uh, like when uh, it's the seven stars or something like that, or the seven spirits. Yeah. Uh, apparently, is Isaiah language. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, where that was one of my questions. Yeah. Who the, seven spirits. Who are they? Uh, well, what are they? apparently, and see, this is where I didn't have enough time or didn't take the time to go all the way back. But apparently, Isaiah mentioned something like that, talking about basically being the this Holy Spirit. Okay. That's what I understood. Well, again, you've got numbers, mm-hmm. and um, seven is the divine number. Mm-hmm. Seven is perfect. Mm-hmm. And then you have six, mm-hmm. and six is the number of, uh, you can say it's imperfection, but you can also say it's the number of mankind. Okay. So you have the mark of the beast, 666. Mm-hmm. You have a human Trinitarian number. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a, a perverse uh, attempt at deity, and you know there's been all kinds of speculation about the mark of the beast, mm-hmm. and what is it, and... How do I know if it's, um, how do I know about it so I don't go accidentally get it? Yeah. I think there is a fear out there, which is why people dig into this so much. And then you get the 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 Left Behind series that zeroes mm-hmm. in on one theory of how this might go down. And people are now subscribing to that's the way it's going to go. And you said something interesting in your Bible study about how we got the Bible. Mm-hmm. about the idea behind the tribulation and where that came from. Mm-hmm. And we've got a whole book series based on it. Mm-hmm. The dispensational um, theology, particularly the Darbyites, um, and this whole notion of a pre-tribulation rapture, Yeah. Um, the idea of the pre-tribulation rapture gets nailed into American theology basically in a note in the 1909 version of the Schofield Reference Bible which people, believe it or not, would not differentiate between the words of God and the words of some editor down here in In the the bottom. Mm -hmm. And they actually thought uh, that the footnotes were divinely inspired. Hmm. So, and the, the... Schofield reference note is at Revelation chapter 4, the first verse. 
and it um, after this I looked and there in heaven a door stood open and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said come up here and I will show you what must take place after this <laughs> well okay you've got the trumpet and you've got to flip back to 1 Thessalonians 4 so all this makes sense. First Thessalonians 4, you've got verse 13. Uh, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died. Uh, since we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him all who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, come up here. Hmm. And the sound of God's trumpet, what's in Revelation 4, the trumpet. trumpet. Mm -hmm. So what the the Schofield note says is Revelation 4, 1 and 2 is a fulfillment of 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17. And that is where the, the notion of the pre-trib rapture just... It was nailed into our culture. Hmm. But it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Sorry, y'all. Well, you know what else isn't <laughs> write, in there? Write Kyle. Don't write me. <laughs> it's my fault, apparently. Sorry. <laughs> I, can, I can write on another parade. I didn't see any mansions in uh -uh. chapter 22. Nope. 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 There were no mentions of mansions. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Well, so... But I, I did Go see ahead. a lot of uh, languages. Language. Languages? Languages? Uh, <laughs> Speaking in tongues, are we? <laughs> Apparently so. Uh, but I did see a lot of uh, words that are used that I think get miscontextualized sometimes. Mm. Uh, especially when we see it over and over and over is the angel of the church in wherever. Mm -hmm. the angel of the church of wherever. Mm -hmm. And we have this halo, white gown, wings, playing a harp view of what an angel is. And if you really look back in Scripture, every time that there's an angel, what is the angel doing? It's a messenger. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, yeah. you've, the word, when you properly translate it, is, is messenger. messenger. Right. And and so, in, in these instances, when we're talking about the angel of whatever, mm -hmm. we're not talking about an actual, like, heavenly angel coming down it's, it's a messenger to the church yeah mm -hmm. and it's also typically people hide their eyes in fear i don't think it's that white robe halo situation yeah. we also get language in the old testament that refers to uh uh angel armies mm -hmm. so I, I just this isn't the pretty angelic being that i think we get in our heads mm -hmm. this is something rather fearsome in there there's an angel involved in uh when sennacherib <coughs> is hanging around doing some some mischief around jerusalem and mm -hmm. uh, the angel takes out 187,000 of sennacherib's soldiers Oops. yeah so you don't want to mess with an angel uh, <laughs> they, they can take you out but mm -hmm. I, I you're you're arguing for I wonder what revelation would be like number one if we sat in worship in a worship environment and heard the word mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. don't have a bible with footnotes but yeah. just sat right. and listened to this word that's the other thing about prophecy is it's not supposed to be dissected it's supposed to be heard or you know in this case eaten mm-hmm mm. 
So one of the, the common themes that we talk about in this podcast series over time is the tools that we use. Yeah. And one of the ones that has come up often for Marie is the way you actually consume, I'm doing I air listen. quotes, is you listen. I do. You, you have your Bible app read to you. And so that is a very valuable tool, especially when we're talking about things like the revelation of John, to listen to it and let it sit. So I can, there's all these questions that you can dig into about, you know, who are the 24 elders? What about these four creatures? And there's lots of eyes on them. There's all these different things, but kind of one of the main things I'm getting from this is don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry so much about that. You, you want to know what I took? Uh, you mentioned the four creatures specifically. Oh. The thing that I took from that was, hmm, there are created beings in heaven too. Yes. It's not just us. Yeah. God, God created more than just us. Mm-hmm. Well, Job tells us that when you go mm-hmm. back to the first chapter that... Um, there are all these creatures appearing before God. In Isaiah 6, you've got the the seraphim around the throne of God. So, yeah, heaven is a, is a cool place, and it's probably not the time to do this, but uh, when you die, you don't get angel wings, and you don't get a halo, and Bummer. you suddenly become an angel. Um, that's You're crushing a, all my hopes and dreams, Doug. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the... Um, the image of that um, is romantic. It's not biblical. Mm-hmm. You you will pretty much, if we believe Jesus as the example with his resurrection, mm-hmm. you're pretty much going to be you. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the mystery of that. You're going to be all of you. Mm-hmm. You know, right now... You, you, you've lost your 20s. You remember your 20s, but you're, you've lost them. Right. Well, what if you brought all that with you, that, that you, you will not lose anything in heaven? If you, if you live to be 100 years old, you will take that to heaven, and, and the totality of your life will be redeemed. Mm-hmm. See, the other thing we talk about is Methodist um, theologically, but we don't spend a lot of time in talk about, talking about it in the church, is there are four kinds of grace. Provenient grace, justifying grace, sanctifying grace, mm-hmm. glorifying grace, which means that even in heaven, God is continuing to work on us, that we continue to be under his grace, we continue to be um, growing into his likeness every day. It's just when we finally get into the presence of Jesus, all the things that have kept us from doing that down here will be removed. Mm. No internet. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. No, thank goodness. Can you imagine? No digital technology or digital technology that's broadband and it works all the time. I mm-hmm. don't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, so you bring an interesting question to me, though, because I, I feel like a certain aspect of our aging physical bodies that happens is a result of our sinfulness. It's a result of the Mm -hmm. fallen world that we live in. Result of the fallen world, yeah. And so if now there's no more of that, Mm -hmm. how much of, I mean, this is a very uh, (laughs) 
very, I guess it's an, a question that isn't meant. I'm not expecting an answer. It's just one to oh, be good. pondered. Uh, so it just makes me wonder that how much of the the de- decay, but the the aging of our body that that causes us pain, the the joints and whatnot, you know, how much of that gets undone? Well, all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, when God makes everything new. Um, no more pain for no the former pain. things have passed former away. Things have passed away. Um, one of the um, there's no more night there. Well, because we don't need the sun and the moon. Because well, it, we have. But that's also spiritual. There's no more night there. Have you ever spent a, a night, perhaps, it happens to most of us at night, that you can't turn your brain off? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And your brain comes up with every horrible scenario that could mm-hmm. possibly take place. Mm-hmm. And um, you just wake up in the morning and you've worn yourself out over nothing. Mm-hmm. Um and the collateral damage to that is usually our children, our spouses, or our dogs. Mm-hmm. Because we get really, really befouled. So if you take all this negativity away and we are free to be ourselves, we are free to um, grow into his likeness. And um, the other thing that will be so different in heaven is finally we won't care what other people think. Because the one who loves us and matters the most has welcomed us into his kingdom. Mm-hmm. We are worthy. We are received. We are redeemed. So the other way to read Revelation is to look at all the mayhem that goes on. And there's a lot of mayhem. I, I, I tried to do the math one time, how many people get wiped out and all this. <laughs> and, and I just couldn't keep up with the numbers. But ultimately, Revelation is like apocalyptic literature, which says we win because God wins and God is still in control. So um, it's a powerful book. It's not as salacious as, unfortunately, some people in the church have tried to make Mm -hmm. it. It's a radical book of hope. And, um, yeah, I mean, we've all lived through apocalyptic times. I mm-hmm. mean, 2020, when it first started out, I had people call it, Brother Doug, is this something that's in the book of the Revelation? <laughs> and, and my response was, well, this is scary and it might get scarier, but uh, the book of the Revelation, we're wiping out a third of the world's population. Right. Uh, this is, this might get a couple of million and that's horrible. Yeah. However, it's not doesn't rise to the level of the revelation. Mm. Now, the other thing to ponder is imagine some of these things actually happened in our culture. Mm -hmm. The chaos that would bring to social structures. That's that's why you're going to have the rise of an antichrist. If Mm -hmm. you... If you take the underpinnings of social... Well, okay, let's just... Let's play and say that... Um, something happens and the internet, the world wide web is destroyed. The interweb is wiped out. What is going to be the human reaction to that? 
Anxiety. Anxiety. Mm-hmm. Anxiety. Rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, suspicion. You're going to turn on your friends. Mm-hmm. You're going to find out who's got the mark of the beast because can I trust them? Well, they don't have the mark. I may mm-hmm. not be able to trust them. So, Revelation actually pictures for us some of the dynamics involved in the devolution of social structures. It could happen. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Sign up for my Bible study that I'm going to teach on the book of the Revelation. I might tell you when it's going to happen. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it says don't try to do that. Don't somewhere. try to do that. Well, <laughs> if you take Jesus seriously, mm-hmm. Jesus said, I don't even know. The yeah. Father in heaven knows. He mm-hmm. hasn't shared the date with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and if we, we come back, we're talking about some of the more apocalyptic pieces of this right now mm-hmm. and you start going through the love the letters to the churches mm-hmm. yes there were physical churches at the time that John was writing mm-hmm. but don't get too concerned with where is this church where was this church look at the message to these churches. The characteristics of the churches yeah, themselves. Because I, I think that we can all see elements of a lot of this in in phases and cycles in our own lives, in our own churches. Mm-hmm. If we're a part of a body of Christ somewhere, the body of Christ mainly, but a, a, a local church, if you're a part of a local church, you're going to experience brokenness because people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think these words here should just kind of open our eyes to be looking for these characteristics of Mm -hmm. these churches. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is we, you will never be a part of a perfect church. There are always going to be flaws. There are always going to be things that could be better. Um. I don't think any of us go home any day from the church office thinking, you know, we did everything we could have done today mm-hmm. because there's always one more visit or one more phone call or one more note or one more thing we could have done. Um, and the letters to the churches picture some churches are better than others, but Jesus is pretty clear about where you're failures are Mm -hmm. and one of them has to do with your first love Mm -hmm. Mm. and your passion for jesus christ and i think the church at laodicea is the scariest one the lukewarm church the church church his his language to that one was probably the harshest Mm -hmm. yeah well that's that's the church that wants to sit on the fence is that the american church I mean, th- there are elements of it. I'm not like trying yeah, to call I, I it would, out specifically. I would never default anything in the book of the Revelation to North America. Right. Uh, well, I'm not talking specifically, but I'm like, but, is yeah. that how we as the American church oftentimes get get complacent? We had a discussion someplace yesterday, so it was with part of y'all or all of y'all or none of y'all. That <laughs> You have two kinds of churches. You have the church that loves to talk about God. Mm-hmm. And then they're high church, they're proper, they're liturgical, they talk about God. Mm-hmm. And then you have churches that talk about Jesus. And honestly, the difference is passion. Mm-hmm. 
um, God becomes a theological and philosophical construct. You can talk about God all you want to, and that construct may never change your life. But when you start talking about the person of Jesus Christ, the one who um, lived, died, rose again and continues to reign. That's not a theological construct. That's a person, and that will change your life. And Laodicean churches tend to be proper, and they never make anybody mad, and they never greatly offend. They're just there. Mm -hmm. And um, they're not passionate about anything. Jesus, or the lost, or the hurting, or the dying, they're just... They're there. It's safe to be there. Mm-hmm. So, really, if you want to, if you want to know the the really important part of the Book of the Revelation, it's the the letters to the churches, and then the last part. Mm-hmm. You know, the the rest of that stuff is like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's like trying to figure out the Star Wars movies, you know. If you haven't seen but the first movie, you're just lost. <laughs> I can attest to well, this. So you headed lost. towards the end of the book, but you're not quite to the end yet, and that's uh, I've skipped a lot of my questions. Oh, good, good, well, I have. Okay, I have. I'm I'm sticking to the 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 bigger themes of this. One of the popular beliefs that's going around in America, particularly is that hell and Satan are not a real thing. Things seem to be awfully specific, but then again, things are awfully symbolic in the book of the Revelation. And so... Did you know there's actually a place in Michigan named hell? Yep. And it freezes over every single year because it's in Michigan. I think there's a Methodist church there. (laughs) Um, The... the, uh, Whether it's a burning lake of sulfur uh-huh. or well, uh, the, the idea of separation. The word Gehenna, where our word hell comes from, and, you know, there, there are two different words. There's Hades and there's mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. And Jesus uses them both. Hey, Gehenna is the garbage dump. Yeah. Um, and Jesus is saying, don't be thrown on the garbage dump. Um, Satan... Hasatan in Hebrew is the adversary, and he appears in the book of Job. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say about hell and Satan is most of what we believe about hell and Satan does not come from the Bible. It comes from Milton's Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. It's leaked into American theology. Um the Bible talks about a devil or the Satan, he is defeated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Death has been defeated. It's all been defeated in Jesus Christ. Now, whether or not there is a hell, you know, how can a loving God, how can a loving God send people to hell? Mm-hmm. And the preacher answer to that is God didn't send anyone to hell. People chose it. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, <laughs> if you want to for my money, better understand that concept, get C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. Mm-hmm. Because it it says exactly what you just said. That, that it, if there's people in hell, they it wasn't because God sent them there, it's because they chose it. Yeah. I just, I, th- I consider if... 
if all you have to do to get to heaven is just be a good person, why did Jesus die on the cross? But getting to heaven on the good person plan does not work. Impossible. So, if they can't get to heaven, where do they go? Or do they just not go? Is It's not necessarily a lake of fire. It is separation. Yeah. I mean, the, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, it's separation. And um, my answer seems glib, but it has to be my answer. Mm-hmm. That's a management issue, and I'm in customer service. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to dare say, oh, this person wouldn't make it to heaven how do i know they didn't call upon the name of jesus with their last breath absolutely we don't know what happens on the other side of that if i'm i'm just saying with this being a popular an increasingly popular mindset that there's essentially no consequence on the other side then i i feel like to me that takes away the point of needing a savior in the first place so so we go back to the beginning. Indeed. Back to Genesis. Back to Genesis. Okay. And Adam and Eve mm-hmm. get to choose. At the very end of the book, mm-hmm. if we truly serve a loving God, mm-hmm. if God exists to love his creation, that's a very bad way to say it. I'm sorry. Uh, You'll, you'll see where I'm going in just a second. Would it be right for God then to force himself onto people who do not choose him? Yeah. And so he has to allow for that choice of people to reject him. Yeah. Because if we're, we're reading chapters 21 and 22 here, and we're all gathered around the throne, and we're all worshiping and everything, would that not be torture to somebody who wants to reject God? Well, in 21, um, in the eighth verse, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the polluted, the murderers, the fornicators, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. It's um, it, it's harsh language, but it it's... The, those categories of sin, and, and again, those are cultural categories, but those categories of sin will not be present in heaven because they bring darkness. Mm-hmm. So uh, a person who's chosen this lifestyle and who dies in this lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire and then you've got that whole notion of what's the second death you know if you you start speculating on this are they punished eternally or is their being just extinguished and they are no more mm-hmm. um, that gets us into a whole lot of mm-hmm. a whole lot of discussions and we have all known people in our lives that were good people they didn't go to church They'd never profess faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They were good. But that's not good enough. That's not good enough, but you still wonder. Mm -hmm. You know, um, 
Jesus tended to collect outcasts. And you've got that nettlesome passage there in First Peter where he goes and he preaches to the prisoners. And, and you know, what does this mean? So, again, it's management. I'm in customer service. Uh, you need to trust Jesus. Yep. Uh, Jesus is my only hope of getting in, and he is your only hope of getting in, and you need to practice for heaven right now by living for Jesus today. So there you go. Thus endeth the sermon. <laughs> no, I have one last question. Oh, go good. for it. Is it literal? No. No, <laughs> but it is divisive. Okay. You ready? Yeah. My dog going to be there? Is your dog going to be there? Is my dog going to be in heaven? The kingdom of God is described as a time when the lion and the lamb lay down together. Mm-hmm. Is it not? Yes. Uh, human beings are created nefesh hayah, living beings. Dogs, cats, animals, and everything else are created nefesh hayah. Yes. Thank you. It's going to be one heck of a zoo. <laughs> Just checking. I'm going to find a, you know, I'm going to find a, a pasture and hang out with some cattle. There you go. Just have some leaping mm-hmm. calves that are joyous. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you've probably watched enough people at the end of their lives. And those with faith in Jesus Christ, the ones I've been around, at least, are not tormented they're not afraid. Mm-hmm. They seem to see beyond. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we come up with all kinds of human, well, their brain's deprived of oxygen. They're hallucinating. Mm-hmm. What if they're seeing beyond? Mm-hmm. And the veil between this life and the next life is just so thin but because we got our heads down and we've got our heads busy living this life, we can't see beyond because we're not looking. Yeah. So, hmm. um, Revelation says, don't be afraid. Please don't be afraid. Jesus has conquered. Yeah. I mean, everything I see in this, it all points to hope mm-hmm. because Jesus. And mm-hmm. you'll find you really will find that the longer you live and the weirder life becomes, you start praying the prayer. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you just get to the point, I don't want to see what's going to happen next. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, with that, I know this has been kind of a wild ride of a podcast because <laughs> we're all over we the place We went everywhere, today. didn't we? I didn't we? even ask so, half my questions. Yeah. So, which means that Q&A. next week... Oh, no, the Q&A. <laughs> next week, we're going to have an amazing Q&A session, yeah. which then leads us into we will take a couple of weeks off to gather our thoughts, collect our episodes and our topics. If you have some suggestions about things that you would like us to do in season three mm-hmm. of our Going Deeper podcast, let us know. You can send those along with your questions to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com. You also should, by this time, be subscribed. If you're not, I don't know what you're doing with your time. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Do it now. <laughs> 
write us a review, give us a thumbs up, whatever you can do to help this podcast reach more people with the the words that we hope that Jesus is inhabiting these conversations as we're having them with each other. So do all the things, hit the subscribe button. If there's a bell, hit the bell. If there's five stars, give us five stars. If there's a thumbs up, give us a thumbs up. We want all that stuff. But if they uh, give us five stars, they have to explain what those five stars mean, nope. right? No, they no, don't. No, okay. This is not the book of Revelation. Oh, okay, just checking. So, and with that, I am going to end this episode, this season of the podcast, this way. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Thanks for listening. Amen.